From Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. Welcome back to another CRI podcast. I am Lori Kidder. I am a partner in the Bradenton, Florida office of CRI. My subject matter expertise is in um, nonprofits. I do a lot of single audits and I'm doing this podcast with Alyssa Hill. Alyssa, would you like to take a few minutes and introduce yourself? Thank you, Lori. Um, Hi, I'm Alyssa Hill. I am a partner um, in our Houston, Texas office. And I've had the pleasure of working with nonprofit organizations for almost 25 years. Um, And like Lori, do a lot of single audits um, as well. So um, pleasure to be here with everyone today. Okay. And today we are going to talk about leases, which is for everyone, not just nonprofits. Right, Alyssa? That's right. So um, many of you have probably in the not too distant past, went through the um, revenue recognition transition when those new standards came through. And, and I think a lot, of, a lot of clients did not feel like there was a lot of change. But I think you're going to find that the new lease standard actually does provide quite a bit of change. And it's something that we really need to start looking at if you haven't already and start working on that. Um, If you're not familiar with the lease standard, I recommend that you look up ASC 842 and start reading and studying up and talking to your CPA. Um, So Alyssa, we're going to talk through a few few things. We're going to talk about how to identify leases. We're going to talk about how to obtain the source documents. And we're going to talk about things that we need to consider when we're looking at leases and getting them set up, as well as maybe some future policies and procedures that we should put in place. So, Alyssa, to get started, let's just start with um, how do you identify your leases? How can we find them all? Well, that's always the step. The first step is um, identifying your your population. Um, you know, so ha- you know, identifying those leases and. Um, you know, a couple things, um, you know, there's going to be the obvious ones. Um, if you lease your office space and you're standing in your office, well, guess what? You know, you've got a lease. Um, you pass by or use those copiers. Those are some of the obvious ones um, that you know that you're going to um, need to need to look at and consider. Um, there's other um, areas or other items that uh, may not be so obvious, um, and those relate to uh, what's referred to as embedded leases. Um, so you need to we need to be looking and um, considering considering those those as well. Um, but it's real important, obviously, that we get the right population um, and that you identify everything that uh, you know that could um, be a lease. And um, just for um, reference or just for reminder purposes, um, the definition of a lease. Um, so a definition is a, you know, it's going to be a contract or an agreement or even part of a contract um, that's going to convey the right to control the use of a specified asset over a period of time in exchange for consideration. Um, 
So as you're thinking through, well, what possibly, you know, what does my population look like? Um, well, I always want to make sure we're going back to that definition, um, at, you know, at the end of the day to, to make sure everything's incorporated. Hey, Alyssa, could you give us just a, an example of what an embedded lease is? Oh, sure. So an embedded lease is going to be something that's within, obviously, a larger contract. Um, that contract may not scream or say lease at the, you know, on the top of it. Um, so that's where, you know, we begin into some difficulties. Typical places where you may find an embedded lease, IT contracts, um, you know, because if you think about it, you're, you may have a server or you may have some assets um, that you have as a part of a larger service contract. Um, so you'd be looking at what's included in your IT contracts. Manufacturing equipment, um, that is always a, a, you know, a big area um, that you, you know, could have um, leases in. Um, one that, you know, kind of more little, you know, maybe a little more unique for our nonprofits. Um, if you think about um, a museum um, that has a cafe, well, you may have a service contract um, with a third party to manage and operate that cafe. Well, is there equipment within that cafe um, that's being used as a part of that contract that may meet the lease definition? So those service con those um, service contracts, um, things that are outsourced, supply contracts, maybe advertising, transportation. Um, so there's a lot of different areas that those could appear. Alyssa, so as part of identifying the leases, how do you recommend that people go about identifying them? How, how can they actually make sure that they accumulate all of this information? Yeah, so the first place, uh, Lori, the first place I'd say is obviously what you already have. Um, you might have a capital lease schedule or operating operating lease schedule um, that you've been using um, for your annual audits or reviews or um, for internal purposes. So that's always a good starting point because that's what you know you have. Um, then the other thing, um, you know, we recommend um, when we're talking um, with, you know, talking with folks about this is just go through your general ledger detail. Look for payment, recurring payments on a monthly basis, maybe a quarterly basis, because um, that might indicate some type of service contract where you may need to look a little closer um, or just a recurring payment that maybe wasn't on your original original schedule. So GL is a great, great place to start. Other thing, just walk walk your office. Um, if you've got a manufacturing facility, walk that. Just look for things that um, might be, you know, that equipment um, or some of those other um, things that, you know, could be, could be um, leases. If you have multiple departments that are responsible or are not responsible, but are able to enter into contracts, be reaching out to all those departments because what do we know? You know, not everything always makes it to the accounting department or centralized locations. So depending on who within your company or organization um, has the ability to enter into contracts, those are going to be key people, um, key people to talk with because they're going to know what they have, you know, know what they have. So the general ledger, physical inspection, what do you know you already have, um, are all great places to start. And I will, um, you know, you may be thinking, uh, you know, thinking that, oh, I don't have any embedded leases. I know everything that I have. Well, there's been quite a few surveys done and a couple that um, more recent ones that up to 58% of respondents are identifying embedded leases they didn't know they had. So it's not, 
what I would say, a one-off, um, they may be more likely to be found um, than, uh, you know, than you may be thinking about. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. That's interesting. We all need to be looking for those as we go through our contracts then. So, okay. So we've hopefully accumulated all of the source documents, the contracts. What kind of information do we need to be accumulating out of those documents in order to properly record leases? Um, so once you've got that, you've got your contracts, um, you need to be looking at some of the basic things that you'd probably look at in most contracts is, um, and first, you know, first off being, what's the contract term? Because um, one of the things with the lease standard, um, with the new lease standard, ASC 842, is um, leases that are less than 12 months aren't going to have to go through um, all of the, you know, calculations to determine, um, you know, what's what's going to get reflected on your financial statements as a right-of-use asset and lease liability. So lease term is always important. Renewal options, you need to pay attention to those because um, renewal options do have to be considered, um, you know, and that's, um, you know, you know, what, you know, what's your base term? And then, you know, do you have five-year renewal options, three-year renewal options? You know, what do those look like? You know, what are the termination rights um, within that? Um, also look for, um, you know, because it may be, an, it might've been an ongoing lease for a couple of years, maybe a little bit longer. Were there any lease incentives in there? And that includes like free rent, um, which, you know, who doesn't want free, you know, free rent as a part of their long-term lease contract. Um, so you need to be looking for, for things, for things like that as well. Um, any of those types of incentives that you may, um, may have had. So are there other kind of things that we need to be considering? I've heard a lot about discount rates as of late. Yes. So um, that's kind of almost when you're getting to the next step of, okay, I have, I, I think I have everything, or I'm really confident I have everything. Um, I've, you know, looked through the contracts. I know my, my, my key, my start dates, my end dates, my renewal options, any lease incentives I have, any escalating rent um, that may be there. You know, I've got, you know, I've got my hands around all of that. So then, yeah. So then the next piece really you're going to start getting to is, well, now what do I, you know, what do I do with that? I have all this information. How do I go about determining um, the, you know, determining the amount of the lease liability that's going to be recorded. And one of the big factors there is the discount rate. Um, so with the discount rate, there's really three, three options um, with that. One is if, if you know the rate of the lease, if you know what that um, rate is, then you have to use that. So that's easy. If it's in there, you've got to use it. But what happens and what we're seeing is um, as a leasee, you don't really know what the lessor's rate is. You don't know their profit that's built into it. So you don't readily know that. Well, if it's not readily known, you don't have to go to try to figure it out. Um, if it's not readily known, then you're going to go next to an incremental borrowing rate. And one of the things that you need to pay attention to, I think, with the incremental borrowing rate is it is on a collateralized basis, which is different from the legacy standard. Um, so you've got to, you know, it's not just your line of credit rate. Um, you've got to determine, okay, well, what would be my incremental borrowing rate on a collateralized basis for a lease of a building over 10 years or for this piece of equipment over five years? 
um, it's not going to look the same for every single lease. Um, there could be variations with that. So there are some estimates. And if you are an organization or a company who hasn't, who has not had to rely on borrowings, that's not something you you probably have in, you know, in a, you know, in a file or, you know, in your back pocket. Um, so it may mean you've got to, you know, reach out to lenders to get, um, you know, get some, you know, estimates of what that rate would be for you. But again, the collateralized basis, that's real key to remember. Now, because that, again, is an incremental cost that you've got to go through and there's some complexity to it, uh, there is one other option that you can use, which is the risk-free discount rate. So that's like the UST bill rate. You can go online, get that pretty easily. Um, so that is an option for, um, for a rate to be used. Um, I will just caution a couple of things with that is... One, um, the rate needs to be for a similar term. So if you've got a 10-year office space lease, you're not just going to go get the T-bill rate today and say, that's my rate. Um, it needs to be for a similar, you know, close period that you can get. So if your office lease is 12 years, but there's a 10-year rate, then you're going to use the 10-year rate. You're also not going to use today's rate. You're going to use the, the rate of... Um, the date of um, implementation or of, um, you know, the, the lease commencement. So there's a couple of different ways you can look at that, um, you know, as to what rate you're going to use, but it's not just today's rate. Um, so I would just, you know, caution, caution everybody to remember that. Um, but that is, that is absolutely an option that is available to use. You do not have to use it across. Um, it used to be, it was, a you know, all or none. Uh, but now you can use it by class of asset if you take that election. So um, by class of asset, you could elect to use the risk-free discount discount rate um, if needed. Wow, Alyssa, that is a lot of information to is that a lot? <laughs> accumulate. So my next question is, how am I going to track all this information and accumulate it so I can track this information in my general ledger? So I think there's two parts to that. Um, there is the actual tracking of tracking of the information um, that will give you everything that will need to go onto your financial statements on your balance sheet, um, how you'll recognize um, the lease expense um, through your um, income statement, you know, or statement of activities, um, how that's going to be reflected. Um, one of, you know, before you even get to that or in conjunction with getting to that, you're going to want to make sure you have documented um, if if you're elected, you know, if, if your leases have option periods and you have chosen to elect or not elect to include those option periods, you need to have that documented. Just like if you are using an incremental borrowing rate and or a risk-free discount rate, um, that you've got your basis documented for that as well. All of that goes into your calculation of your lease liability and right of use asset. Um, so you need to have, you need to have that, that, that documented um, to be able to support the components that you're using in the calculation. Um, so now to your actual question, um, tracking this, uh, there's, you know, there are Excel options out there um, that you can certainly use. Um, and then there's softwares out there as well. Um, CRI um, Analytics um, has a central lease software. Maintain compliance with ease by utilizing highly centralized, effortlessly configurable, and fundamentally simplistic lease data with CentraLease, powered by CRI Advanced Analytics. 
centrally locating your lease agreements within our cloud-based software provides you with access to real-time, actionable dashboards at your fingertips. Our user-friendly software caters to those business professionals looking for a hassle-free and cost-effective lease compliance experience. Head over to CRIAnalytics.com to learn more. That allows you to track, you know, track that information. Depending on the number of leases, um, you may find if you really only have a couple of leases, Excel is perfectly fine. Um, but if you've got, you know, maybe 10 plus leases or 15 or 20 leases, um, different categories of leases, maybe you've got a heavy vehicle fleet um, or you know, heavy, you know, heavy um, in equipment, um, you know, that type of thing, you may find that an automated software is easier, um, you know, because a lot of times you can upload information from a spreadsheet to the, cal- you know, to the software to do the calculation. Um, also, how often do your leases renew? If you're renewing them every three years or there are modifications every three or five years, um, all of that, you've got to be able to track all that. So it really comes down to what's, I think to me, it's what's the volume and the complexity of it as to really how, you know, maybe the best way is to manage all of this information. It's definitely the first year it's a process. I mean, it's, you know, compiling all this information, you know, determining all of, you know, your rates, your renewal periods, all of that, just getting your hands around of it all and entering it, that, you know, that is an exercise in and itself. <laughs> so let's say we've done all that. We've gone through, we've identified all of our leases, we've obtained all the source documents, we've gathered all this data, and we've either done it in Excel or we've purchased, um, some kind of software, maybe even the CRI central lease. Um, what what do we need to do going forward? What as as an entity, what should we do going forward to make sure that we keep tracking these correctly? Uh, well, you know, depending on how um, you know how cumbersome and hair pulling your initial exercise was, will probably dictate what you want to do going forward. Uh, but you, uh, but you know, in all honesty, uh, you know, a big piece of this is going to be probably finding that you need some new policies and procedures um, as a part of this. Um, you know, as you know, I can think of um, where you know, especially if you have a very decentralized purchasing or contract um, type entity having a policy that says, okay, anytime anybody enters into, you know, X number of contracts, it's got to come to accounting because you don't want to every year at the end of the year or getting ready, even the next year, getting ready for your audit, trying to go through and say, what do I have? What's my new, what's my new population? Um, There can be things at least on an annual basis that you would do that you would find might be useful, which is going through that general ledger again, looking for recurring payments, something you didn't have. Um, your policies and procedures definitely of keeping track of when leases are getting ready to expire, um, you know, when renewal options are coming up, um, you know, maybe what, you know, if you're going to um, elect a policy that says we are always going to use the risk-free discount rate for classes of assets, or, you know, if the um, lessor rate is unknown, because remember that again, if the rates in there, if you know the rate, you have to use it. Um, but absent that, you have your other options. So but really, I mean, the recording of it, who's going to be responsible for that, and really just the gathering of that information to make sure that you're keeping track of it real time, I think is important. Great. Thank you, Alyssa. You have provided so much great information going forward. And just 
anyone who's listening to this to this podcast, if you have not started looking at your leases and you are a 1231 year end, I recommend that you get started um, identifying that information, gathering the documentation that you need, and please feel free to reach out to um, CRI if you have any questions. We'd be happy to help. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review.